and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Thursday, July 15, 2021, episode 94 of Tim and Friends, I think. Lost count around 25, and there are those that will accuse me of not being able to count much higher than 25. But such is 2021. Be mad about what? Who cares? Just be mad. Not today, Botch. NBA Finals, now a best of three. Major League Baseball and the young stars, hotter than a firecracker. The NHL hot stove, same thing. Hotter than a firecracker. MLS is returning to Canada, and the Jays could be next. I'm not letting anything get in the way of all that. The homie Jesse Rubinoff, as always, by my side. 94 of 94 for both of us. Not like we're counting down the Olympics <laughs> and some time off. What's going on, Jesse? We're matching today. Yeah, oh, kind of cute. Looking good, looking sharp, Tim. You, got, you seem like you're in a really good mood, but I, I got two pieces of bad news for you. Number one. What? Why? No, hold on. Number one. What are you doing? Sorry to bring you down. Are you Twittering right now? A little bit, yeah. That's my job. Number one, (laughs) people do not like your ketchup is for 12-year-olds take. We put it out on Twitter and Instagram, and the people don't like it. That's number one. Hold on. Okay. It's 50-50. I wouldn't go that far. I would not go that far. And I didn't say I don't like ketchup. No, ketchup is for 12-year-olds. Is the Ketchup is for 12-year-olds. That's right. It masks horrible foods. That's what it does. Let or me get bad to the foods. let me get to the or second bland, piece. Boring. Yeah, that's what, right. What, what there's another piece? Yeah. The Yankees are dealing with a COVID issue. Their uh, game against the Red Sox has been postponed tonight. So I just brought you down big time there, but let's go back to the ketchup, okay? <laughs> yeah, no can we stick on ketchup for a little bit before we, we get into the, the Yankees? And it had to be the Yankees in the Jays division, right? Of course. It, just as the Jays were trying to clear, yes, please tell me about the people who are hating on me because ketchup is like candy. Yeah, okay, John says uh, he went too far. This was an insult too many. <laughs> Still love ketchup on a hamburger, hot dog, or fries. Hot dog or fries any day of the week. Come on, John, you're kidding, right? Like that's not serious. Kathy says this 12 year old who just turned 50 says blasphemy. I don't mind if you use ketchup. Just understand what it is. You're dressing up bland, boring foods. Okay, but what about the contrast? So I had French fries last night, and I had ketchup. So. Let me ask you one question. Yeah, okay. I'm going to stop you right there. All right, fine. I didn't get too deep into that, but yeah, sure. Were the French fries good? The French fries were good, but they were better with ketchup. And I'll tell you why. Are you sure they were good fries? They were good fries. I'm not going to tell you where they're from because, you know, sponsorships and that sort of deal. Okay. I'm not going to do that. But they were good, but they were better with the ketchup. The saltiness of the fries... Mm-hmm. contrasted by the <laughs> sweetness of the ketchup. Because let's be frank here, okay? Yep. Ketchup ain't good for you. It's got that high fructose corn syrup. It's candy. It's basically sugar. Yeah. It's not good for you. But when you contrast it, I don't know why I said contrast like that. When you contrast, contrast it. Yes, I understand. <laughs> Emphasis on the wrong level. You're, us- you're using the sweet and sour idea, exactly. speaking of, right? Exactly. So, so, yeah. So what's the difference between um, ketchup, and putting dressing on a salad because a salad sucks without dressing, right? Because oh, this, this is very interesting. Because 
what you're doing is adding flavor to things. Mm. And that is a worldwide culinary fascination to add flavor to things. Masking flavor is a different thing altogether. And might I add, many great culinary dishes have been created to mask flavors of things that are good for you and or you don't have enough of this thing, so you use this other thing. And to me, if the fry is good enough, if you go to a quality chip truck and get a good enough fry, you don't need no stinking ketchup. That's all my point is. When you have a steak. Okay, you went there. You went there. When you have a steak, do you put ketchup on it? Absolutely not. Why not? If ketchup is so good, why wouldn't you put ketchup on the steak? You know why? Because it's ridiculous. It's putting candy on something that's already too good. That's why. Why don't you put dressing on ice cream? What? Same thing. What? (laughs) I don't understand the ketchup and steak. You don't have to have ketchup with your steak. You can have ketchup with other things. You know what I'll accept that with? What? Ranch. Ranch. Yeah. Also for 12-year-olds, we use ketchup to get our kids to eat eggs, and we use ranch to get our kids to eat salads. That's what it is. Vegetables? And, and, and Mr. 50-year-old who said blasphemy, you just haven't grown up. Mrs. You are hooked on that crack. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> hooked. Uh, Motown curmudgeon says, Tim, dot, dot, lots of dots, stop it. Capital letters. <laughs> Yelling. <laughs> Yelling. So, look, we can revisit this later because there are some people that are supporting. Why do we tweet this out? supporting your cause. I don't get this. Like, we were just trying to submarine Uncle Timmy on a show day? No, because this is what the people want. They want the food dates. <laughs> <laughs> they want Tim friends and food. Like, let's go. That's what it is. Name, name me. You know what? I'm going to save this. I want to get into oh, the rest goodness. of the show. We're going to save it for a little later. Mike Fuda seems like a catch-up kind of guy. He'll join us later. Enough yes. of this hot takery. Don't even get me on <laughs> sriracha, instant noodles, sriracha. I still taste it. Shout out Jizzy. Also, shout out Mike Fuda. Uh, he strikes me as a catch-up guy. Uh, he's going to join for a couple segments. I agree with that. Leafs losing Zach Hyman. Is uh, Steve Dangle losing his mind? My guy. Can the Leafs afford to lose Hyman? What about the Habs and Shea Weber? There is juice, kids. Um, so we'll roll with Futa for a couple segments, NHL Insider, Frank Valley, and also Jays in Major League Baseball and the Players Association attempting to sift through the red tape of the government with an eye towards public health. We'll get the latest from Shai Davidi. Now, this is where we stop and we have the conversation that you wanted to have. Around. You're smiling like you've read something that you want to bring up. No, I Go just, ahead. Uh, you can do it before I do this. John Heyman, Yankees have major COVID issues. <laughs> There's not Game one. I gotta be postponed. There isn't one in particular. I'm just scrolling through the mentions, and it's just, it's, it's good. Uh, it's good. Uh, Ryan Moines, producer of Sports on Central, says, ketchup belongs with a grilled cheese sandwich, french fries, and that's it. Please don't get me started on the love affair people have with ketchup chips. I'm assuming you are not a ketchup chip person. I don't mind ketchup chips. Okay. Why can they go on chips, though? Ketchup, like ketchup. I said I don't mind ketchup as long as you admit it's for 12-year-olds. It's meant to dress up the bland and boring. And when you accept that you're a 12-year-old attempting, you, this is not, it's the same with <laughs> dipping sauces on pizza. Dipping sauce, so- when do you use dipping sauce on the pizza? Not on the good part of the pizza. When you're down to the crust and you're trying to dress up the crust, you dip it into the Tim, dipping sauce. Tim, I can't get into pizza again. 
I can't go back to pizza. I got eviscerated on my pizza takes. I'm not gonna. I I actually, Mega, I, I actually don't just dip on the crust. I me, dip on the megaphone top. Sportsnet.ca/slash vote is ketchup for 12 year olds. It's. I mean, right now we've got no 100. percent so <laughs> I don't know how many votes we got. <laughs> oh, 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 here we go. Wow, quick swing, quick swing. We're gonna have to pay attention. But no, to pizza. There. You only use the crust for the dipping, right? Because that's the bad part of the pizza. No, if the rest of your food is good, you don't need ketchup. That's I all don't. I'm trying to tell you. No. If I have a good dipping sauce, like a like a jalapeno ranch. Butter on a crust. Butter, butter on your crust. pizza crust. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but that's got nothing to do with our debates. What? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dip, I, I, if you get like a good dipping sauce, like a jalapeno ranch or like uh, some, uh, any one of them that are good, I like it to accentuate each bite. So I, I go in there with just... Okay, the you're pizza? Just, you're just a child. I'm sorry. You are a child. I don't have ketchup Jesse on my steak, Rube, though. Jesse Rubin. Yeah, see. We discussed like a medium rare. You, yeah, That's elite. Yeah, you draw That's the line up. at ketchup at steak. 100%. Because you wouldn't want to ruin the steak. Yeah. I have one Boom. buddy. Yeah, that's right. Boom. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's steak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have one buddy. Point. I have one buddy who just takes the bottle and just empties the ketchup. Like, obsessed. And I got to be honest, there's a line that's crossed it's every disgusting. time you use your ketchup. Yeah, yeah. it's gross. It's not good for you either. Very bad for I you. I, it might be an elitist take. It might be an elitist take. That's fine. I'm sorry. What's wrong I'm with not, being elitist? I'm not an elitist. Well, well you're an elitist with this take, so <laughs> right. it's fine. You're 1% elitist there. So we were talking about the Toronto Blue Jays potentially coming home. Uh, this breaking news story from John Heyman and now the rest of the, uh, the baseball writers in all of North America. Yankees have postponed their game tonight due to a, quote, major COVID issue. This from John Heyman. Now, he goes on to say, Yankees have multiple positives causing the postponement. No one is known to be symptomatic at this time. Ken Rosenthal first with news. And then another qualifier here. While the Yankees reached the 85% vaccination threshold of Tier 1 personnel, not all of their players were vaccinated. And... A couple months ago, we had this conversation, Jesse, and I said it on the show, and I said I didn't. we didn't stop long enough because I felt like there was a lot of COVID fatigue mm. out there. And I said, if you can still pass on COVID after vaccination, if the ability is there, we're going to face this spot where vaccinated players are testing positive for COVID not being symptomatic and potentially passing it on to unvaccinated players, which makes this a difficult process to navigate, especially if you've taken off all of the masks like Major League Baseball has done and you're not testing the vaccinated players as no much doubt. as you're testing the non-vaccinated players. Yeah. So we have this like little dance and it, it's a microcosm for society. Everyone's going to have to go through this. And we all kind of know, like, that's the next hurdle is the vaccinated, the non-vaccinated, and who's passing this thing on to people who can't be vaccinated. No question. You read the, the Heyman tweets, right? Not the Lindsay Adler tweets. I no. just look. So Lindsay Adler uh, is tweeting about this situation right now. And... She writes, uh, most of the six players who are or may be COVID positive have been vaccinated. Brian Cashman says not all. Uh, all positives and expected positives all within the player ranks. 
We have three positives and three pending. And the, the worry is a little bit here that um, there were Yankees at the All-Star game. Yeah. And as we watched the All-Star game, it, there, it looked as though COVID was gone. And so unvaccinated players, uh, whether or not the vaccinated players, even if they test positive, get sick, like all of these things is what society is going to have to walk through as we get towards the light at the end of the tunnel. And we were talking about this a couple months ago, and only when you drop down the testing, take all the masks off, is when you're going to start seeing this because people are no longer protected. It's tough, man. Tough, tough to always be talking about this. Tough having to deal with this. I'm sure the athletes, everybody in society, it, it, just, yeah, it feels like banging your head against the wall, like nonstop. It's it, like enough. It is it. the world that we live in. Yeah, it's and tough. the world that we live in right now isn't all that easy. No. Although, if anyone told you that life was going to be easy, mm -hmm. they were lying to you. And uh, dealing with this kind of stuff is just a fact. That's of why we have fun life, like with ketchup, ketchup takes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. You got to you got to spice it up somehow. No pun intended. Although there's not much spice to ketchup. All right. Uh, <laughs> Yankees-Red Sox game, again, has been postponed. When we get new information on that, uh, we will pass it along to you. Speaking of fun, Sportsnet's Donovan Bennett sat down with the king, LeBron James. That's cool. Space Jam Hits Theaters uh, will not only bring you the conversation, but the interviewer, my old but young friend, Donovan Bennett Jr., second hour to Sweet to be Sour, and don't even get me started on sweet and sour sauce. Instead, Biggie Ruby, first things first. First things first. First. Here we go. Let's brighten things up with a little NBA Finals okay, talk, go, Timmy. Yeah, let's do it. Doozy of a game four in the finals between the Bucks and the Suns after three straight lopsided games. Fans were given a treat last night as the Bucks evened up their series with Phoenix winning 109-103. And if you missed it, you missed a good one. Welcome to game four of the NBA Finals. This city has gone mad for these Bucks. Dreaming of a championship. Devin Booker, this needs to be the Devin Booker game. Devin Booker puts it in. Top shot from Booker. Booker hits another one. His first playoff run of his career. Playing on a lot of losing teams with the Suns. He is shining in the NBA postseason. Bucks fought back and we're all even. Halftime. Booker back in playing with the four fouls. Oh, another tough shot from Devin Booker. Suns back up by three. And a loose ball foul will go against Phoenix. That's on Booker. That's going to be his fifth. Takakupo on the steal. He soars and scores. The lead is cut to three. Everybody exhale. Take a deep breath. Three on one for the Bucks. Holiday foul by Booker. They didn't call it. That would have been a sixth foul. How do you not call that foul? Jumper shot. It's good. Middleton nails another. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. Chris Paul falls down and lost the ball. Middleton inside. He banks it home. This building is shaking. The NBA Finals are tied at two games apiece. I think I know where you're going to go with this, but lots of talking points, obviously. What stood out to you in game four? Uh, there's there's a few things here. Uh, Booker did have a Booker game, mm -hmm. and they still lost. Uh, that's because Middleton matched Booker, although he took a lot of shots to get those points. But when Chris Middleton's going, the Bucks are good. Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. However, the play of the game for the Milwaukee Bucks was a defensive play no by doubt. Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that was the key sequence of the game and an unbelievably athletic block like this goes right up there if they win this series with the lore 
of NBA Finals. I think Mike Budenholzer said as much after the game. This is to see the lob to recover and Mm -hmm. block a seven-footer on an alley-oop is one of the best. It might even be better, and this will be sacrilegious for some because of the timing and the the LeBron chase-down block. This might have been tougher to accomplish than the LeBron chase-down block. I think it's definitely more athletic. He, LeBron, you're watching it right now. But hold on. I mean, this we, is, this we're is, splitting hairs of greatness. I think, personally, this is the greatest block of all time. Like you said, given the situation, game given seven. the timing, game seven, yeah. it's unbelievable. You love to, to see it. But the read, LeBron had a lot more time. And Giannis instantly has to recognize that the alley-oop's going up to eight in there. And the ability to read it, the IQ, the athleticism to turn on a dime and get all ball in that situation is absurd. Yeah. And if they win... Like, that's going to be the play from the NBA Finals if the Bucs win the series and win the title. I, uh, I'm, I'm in awe of that block. And it must have been uh, the tinkle. Oh, right. It must have been, I mean, Post-up. Giannis yeah. said they were asking him where he went um, in quarter two. Mm. And for those who don't know, uh, here's what Giannis said. So he was, uh, he was refreshed, revived, and ready late in the game. Uh, potentially because of uh, of this. He'll, he'll explain it to you. Be honest, this was the second game in a row you went out early in the first quarter. I'm just curious what was going on there. I wanted to, uh, what the hell you guys say politely, I want to take a, a tinkle. <laughs> a, a tinkle? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to take a tinkle and came back. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's, it's, that's polite, right? Yeah, yeah. Tinkle is polite, yeah. <laughs> Both games. I wanted to take a tinkle to went back. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how to say urinate in Greek, so no, I'm not going to throw I stones from my glass house. I love him. He's so likable. Je dois fait pipi. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> so the series is, uh, is going back to <laughs> – the series now going back to Phoenix. Uh, Monty Williams after the game trying to rally the troops. Dario Saric tore his ACL. He's out of the series. Yeah. But he seemed to enjoy Monty Williams' post-game speech. Have a look, Timmy. We're in this situation right now because we put ourselves in this situation. I mean it in a good way. We got three games to win two. That's how you got to look at it. You can't have your heads down right now. You got to stay together. That's the deal. What happened tonight is corrected. But we got to know we put ourselves in this position. We got home court advantage. You got to keep your spirit high. That's the deal. <laughs> Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. This is freaking hard. So you got to stick together. That's the deal. All right? Let's bring it in. Come on, guys. So in that scenario, Monty Williams is, is producer Tim and Friends, Thomas Dobby, in our morning meetings. He's like talking, <laughs> and, and I, I'm like the Dario Sarge there just sitting. Just Do you like, believe yeah, Dario Sarge there? This is a message from the Canadian National Public Alert System. At 5.18 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time Thursday, Environment Canada has issued a tornado warning for central Ontario. Extra care and attention should be exercised in and around the following localities, Peterborough City, Lakefield, and Lindsay. Environment Canada meteorologists are tracking a severe thunderstorm that is possibly producing a tornado. Damaging winds, large hail and locally intense rainfall are also possible. Take cover immediately, if threatening weather approaches. 
Please consult local media for more information. This was a message from the Canadian National Public Alert System. We now return to our regular programming. Good direction at this point. Uh, uh, we're looking at sort of, uh, you know, I would say uh, last details. But at, at this point, I would say uh, there aren't any showstoppers or anything that uh, we really uh, can't uh, sort of uh, continue to discuss and move forward on. So I, I can't give you a date in terms of uh, uh, when a possible decision would be made uh, for the NIE or national interest exemption. But I would say that uh, uh, in terms of the discussions from a public health perspective, they've been going very well. Everyone's making all their best possible efforts to, to, to uh, uh, meet those, those, uh, those timelines. In essence, we recognize the uh, imperative for the Blue Jays to get a sort of a fair advance uh, sort of notice uh, so that they can obviously uh, do their planning, uh, logistics, uh, you know, for the players, their families, and so on. So uh, I would say that uh, we recognize uh, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's in play, and uh, we're making our best possible efforts to, uh, uh, to, to uh, uh, render a decision in the, in the right time frame that uh, would be, uh, I, would, I think, uh, how it's a, say a good decision and a, and a, and a, and a well received decision by all so is this a matter of following health protocols or should people be frustrated by what's happening here with this process okay so you get a little bit of an explanation mm-hmm. but i believe what the mls did was just satisfy the protocols set out by the government like non-vaxxed players are not coming to canada right. they are the American teams are leaving behind non-vax players and or officials, including the actual referees. If you're not double-vaxxed, you're not coming into Canada. So MLS, um, and it helps that they have more lead-up time to each game so they can do this, but they just said, if you're not vaxxed, you're not going to Canada. The difference is, there's some apples to oranges here, is that Major League Baseball hasn't said that they will do that. Like, imagine... Uh, the Boston Red Sox have, and apparently they're not overly vaxxed. They haven't hit that 85% threshold. So what if their starting pitcher is not vaxxed? Is the Major League Baseball and the Players Association going to agree to leave that player at home mm-hmm. and skip them in the rotation? Like, it's, it's kind of a little bit of apples to oranges, and I think that's what we have here, and that's why... Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays had to go back to public health as opposed to MLS, who's going here. And listen, I did a ton of reading last night to try and get the difference because, again, we're left in this spot where there's a lot of hyperbole yep. there. There's not a lot of concrete answers there. It's just we hope to get there. It's trending in the right direction. And the one thing that I could point to as tangible evidence is – Non-vax players, MLS, are staying home, and we haven't heard that Major League Baseball is willing to do the same. If you have three starting pitchers that are not vaccinated, how the hell are you going to go to Canada and play? Yeah, you're seeing... Unless you get special exemption. You're seeing today, if you forgot, it just underscores how complicated of a situation it is with with what's happening with the Yankees right now. Without a doubt. But if you're wondering what the difference is, I think that's the difference here. All right. Let's brighten it up a little bit again and go to the Open Championship uh, final major of the year teed off early this morning. It is in Sandwich, England, Timmy. Sandwich, England at Royal nice. St. George's. We have uh, highlights coming your way sandwiches? at the top of the block. Uh, but let's take an early look at the leaderboard because if you remember, uh, we had a little bet between me and you at the end of yesterday's show. Yes, we did. Uh, I believe I took Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson, who's not up there. And you took Rory, Rory McElroy. McElroy. And the leader 
Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, by the way, shout out Mackenzie Hughes. That's a pinata pick. And we had to check up on Poom Saxanson, who I have twice in my pinatas. Rough day for Poom, but he's still got a chance to make the cut. You realize that like there is dudes that I grew up with that every time you say it are chuckling, right? Oh my goodness! Look what they did. Look what they did. I think this is Neil Matias. Look what he, what he did That's with the a, font. That's uh, so Tim that versus Jesse. Uh, I got Louis Oosthuizen oh, and Roy no. McIlroy. You've got Spieth and Dustin Johnson. We're actually all around it. Uh, but the That's picture, impressive. Hey, look at us. The picture of Jesse is a very sexy picture. He's got uh, one arm behind his head. Yeah, that was at a aviators. baseball tournament, Kay. There's a, that's the also, reason I'm wearing such a tight shirt there. Yeah, he's also, it's a little cold outside. I don't know why I'm wearing a Red Sox hat. And I'm a some, loser. There's some knee plays going on His right glasses there. glasses are also terrible. You I don't know. great, just, though. You I'm, look fantastic. I'm blinded by the headlights there, Jesse. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's what the so hell's going pathetic. on there? Yeah, that's just... Was it cold at this baseball tournament that you're talking about? I think it was a chilly day, yeah. Chilly so, day, just like it was at Royal St. George's today. What we, were, what we were supposed to show there was that you have Spieth and Johnson, and I've got McElroy and I Louis Bustin. I mean, Bustin's. hey, we had our pick, and I went with Spieth, and you went with Louis, and they're 1-2 right now. So it's we look like geniuses for the time being. All right, I got to go tinkle. So um, you want to finish this off or uh, still to come more in the yeah. catch-up debate? Yeah, All right, I can good. do it. All right. All right. All right, still to come. We got more of the catch-up debate. Plus, Donovan Bennett in studio. As Timmy's going to tinkle, Donovan sits down with LeBron James. Plus, Shai Davidi on the Jays trying to return to Canada. Frank Cervelli on the hot stove, including some juicy Leafs nuggets. And next up, Mike Fuda joins us in studio for a little smoker fire as the NHL hot stove heats up. Let's go. Timmy's coming back shortly. All right here. Let's go. Let's go. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for Aiton. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. Chris Paul falls down and lost the ball. Holiday, Middleton, inside, he banks it home. This building is aching. What in the Matrix hell? I've always had respect for Canada, and obviously my ties to Toronto. Hopefully this film brings a lot of laughs and joy and excitement and passion. Uh, to everyone in, in Canada. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. The NHL hot stove is overheating right now because of the Seattle Kraken. That's right. The NHL released the Kraken and everyone else has to deal with it and has to figure out how to handle it all with protected lists due on Saturday. And we figured who better to navigate that than former Kings assistant GM Mike Fuda, who joins me in studio. Fuzzy, what's going on, buddy? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been I too long. I thought that might have passed. Yeah, it might have passed. I felt like... Uh, <laughs> Because it had been so long, so long I could bring it back. Soon. I know. I mean, Jesse calls me every now and then when he's <laughs> with buddies and stuff. But oh yeah, it's kind of felt like the, unforgot, the golf unforgotten friend, talking a lot with Reader. You know, <laughs> just kind of hanging out. I know, you, that, I know you have your cog, okay? your cog group, your contractually obligated guest. <laughs> but it's yes. great to be back. Uh, you cheer not. Call, call of Duty is cod too. Um, <laughs> let me uh, let me ask you because I don't I don't think a lot of people understand why Vegas was so good out of the gate and 
because of the same rules applying to Seattle, will they be as good out of the gate or have GMs learned as we walk this road? Well, we've always heard these things that, uh, you know, GMs are going to, like Brian Burke used to say, are you going to learn your lesson and not overspend or oversell at the deadline or the trade deadline or free agency? And Vegas did a masterful job. I mean, there's a reason McCrimmon and, and obviously George McPhee and their staff did an incredible job. But to be honest, and they will say it, is their initial plan was to get as many guys on expiring contracts. And then when you're, they didn't expect to be, I mean, clearly they came out of the gate and Gerard Glant, the coaching staff, and the entire environment, it just became Vegas. And all of a sudden they're in a, like almost leading the league. And they couldn't trade any of these expiring contracts because now it was, we, we had a shot at winning the Stanley Cup as an expansion team. Right. But the thought process initially was to get as many expiring contracts and then at the trade deadline just load up and build it through the draft, which That's crazy. it's yeah. incredible. And they hit lightning in a, and to their credit. But you saw, you saw teams like at the time Florida, you know, throwing out Marsha Show and, uh, yeah. and Riley Smith to keep guys away from certain players they wanted to protect, and then those players go on to be. basically be core players. So I think there's clearly guys. I mean, I know when I was leaving, we were, like, bound and determined, just take the player. Just we're not going to mess around with assets. Just take the best guy available, and we'll just deal with that. And that'll be interesting to see. Like, I know I've talked to certain friends that are just dying. Wait, They've got their list, and they're like, but they're calling saying – what will it take for you to stay away from this guy? Right. And Ronnie Francis is not budging. It's like, it's going to take a lot. Right. There's not going to be any, to, you know, and it, it'll be interesting. McPhee, they, they did a few of those deals, though, right? Where they oh. took, uh, I mean, more than one, more than two. I mean, call them Minnesota. They, they built a roster of really some guys that were, and plus you get, they, then you get the, the use it against, like they didn't, they, they really played the, these guys didn't want your card. Like right. you're, you're cast, they were like a bunch of cast offs. And then, uh, and obviously they've got a team in, in Seattle with that ownership group that they're re- ready and willing to spend right to the cap. Right. So it'll be really interesting. I mean, you hear the, some of the big names out there like Subin and Giordano and stuff that they're going to have some big choices to make on what they want to get. And then again, it's looking at certain players that are on existing contracts. And I hate to bring it up like a guy like Mark Giordano because he's very dear to my heart. Right. And he wants to remain a Calgary flame. But if somehow he leaves unprotected, you're sitting there in a Seattle chair and you've got to look at it and say, okay, uh, what else is out there on their, what they're making available to us. But you got Mark Giordano who at next year's trade deadline, if you're not where you're going to be on an existing, uh, you know, existing contract that's up, he's going to just net you at least a first round pick and prospect. So it'll be interesting times and uh, a lot of tough decisions, but uh, there'll be some sleepless nights for players too. We're going to do some uh, smoker fire with uh, Jesse Rubinoff and he's going to read some of these rumors that we're hearing right now. Mm -hmm. Are you surprised at the level of name that we're hearing right now and that we're about to go through? Or is this just a product of what's going to go on over the next couple weeks? I think, well, I've heard some, there is a, there are some names that I've heard that I know for a fact aren't. Right. It's just somehow the one got out, and it's fun, it's great to talk about because there I think there are going to be some huge names. Plus, when you throw in the Jack Eichel factor, that clearly it, they're at a state. Yeah. And I mean, and that one to me is so hard to touch. But I mean, I don't even know if that's in one year. But it's it's like because they're asking for six first round assets for a player that we don't even know. Six. So once you get. They're, they're asking six. Six pieces that are the equivalent. And that doesn't mean all first-rounders, but it's like three guys that are drafted in the first round, so they have an equivalent matching out of right. your prospect pool. Plus, and, that, and that could come back because you don't want to get stuck. You've already It's obviously out there he's done as a saber. Right. So this isn't going to be patched up like, oh, come on back and we'll make it up. So you're, you're, and plus, 
the draft coming up, if you want that first round pick to be a part of it, you've got a timeline you kind of set in yourself. So it'll be interesting. He's not going to, but it's, and you've also got to find teams that can fit a $10 million hit on the cap and right. then find out if he can play because of his neck. Okay, so that's uh, that might be one of the ones that Jesse now has to skip. We'll I won't touch. I will we'll go over. You can we'll go, go there. Right? No, I, that's uh, fire. That uh, one's fire. That's, <laughs> that one's fire. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how it works. I say a rumor, and I, 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 I will tell me if it's smoke <laughs> or fire. Okay, uh, let's begin with TVA Sports's Renault Lavoie said that uh, the Canadiens won't protect defenseman Shea Weber after recent medical evaluations revealed that he could miss all of next season and potentially longer. Due to injury, Sportsnet's Elliot Freeman relays that the issue is a left foot or ankle problem that's been lingering for several years. The league and the NHLPA now doing due diligence to determine next steps for Shea Weber. Smoke or fire, we've seen the great Shea Weber play his last game in the NHL. Uh, fire. And uh, I don't, again, it's not knowing. I just, I know how serious the injury was. And I also know that there was another injury. Like if you saw in the playoffs, once the glove came up, he's dealt with broken fingers. So if you're going to have an incredible surgery... You've got to be mentally in a place that you're ready to go through the whole mm-hmm. rehab. And I don't see how, uh, I mean, whether, I mean, to make sure there's going to become an issue, whether he goes on LTIR or whatever with Montreal and stuff right. like that, and how much against the cap. But as much as what the product you saw, Shea Weber, it'd be really risky for a team to take him in an expansion draft knowing that he might not even play. Yeah. And then it's a, wa- a wasted asset. You're getting I think that's why we're hearing about it right oh, now. Oh, 100%. So that they can expose him uh, and yeah, that Seattle yeah, won't be, take him. I would, I would be... I wouldn't surprise me to see a retirement announcement. Uh, it'll be prior to that. It'll be really interesting to me because then there's cap recapture. Oh. If he retires, why not just go on LTIR for a while? But I thought the same thing with Roberto Luongo, and he ended up putting the cap hit on Vancouver. So there's a, there's a lot around this one, but yeah. I think we now know why. Shea Weber was so emotional no, at that, the end yeah, of the Montreal. When you see that picture of him on the bench, it, it you was like it. you could see there was a lot more going on through his mind for sure than just, yeah. sure. wow, that, how close we came. Maybe this is it. Smoke, fire, or lightning? We go to the Tampa Bay Lightning, the ah. Stanley Cup champions, uh, sitting one, sitting about $3.5 million over the salary cap limit. Uh, General Manager Julian Brisebois said he doesn't intend to ask any of his players with no movement clauses to waive them for the upcoming expansion draft. There's no plans to buy anyone out. So it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but smoke or fire, Mike. The Lightning will once again utilize the long-term injured reserve for the upcoming season to get under the cap. Why not? (laughs) I mean, why not? They've got the T-shirts printed up, and they're still floating around the boats with the cup. (laughs) I mean, they've done such an exceptional job of taking advantage of it. And, I mean, I do think, though, there's probably, I look at Tampa Tampa Bay, Carolina, and, uh, oh, there's one other, just there's no doubt. No matter what they do, they're going to lose an exceptional player. Yeah. Right. Right. And there's not no, like, and, and those are teams that uh, Ron Francis is going to be salivating over. And particularly when you saw these quote unquote depth guys, mm-hmm. and that's, they're not really depth guys, no, but what players, they were doing, yeah. like those third line players, when you start talking about Yanni Gordy and guys like that, that were just night after night, and you know they can play playoff hockey as well. I mean, somebody's going to get an exceptional player. But Tampa, they've shown that they have that depth, too. It was funny for me, which kind of caught me by surprise. Sometimes when teams go all in, they empty the prospect pool. But when that group of aces came on the ice, the kids that hadn't played yet, mm-hmm. there's some young studs that they've got. I mean, they've got Al Murray and his staff done an exceptional yeah. job. So whether they can keep up the momentum and whether they can, you know, if Patrick Maroon can drop a few and 
try and stop denting the cup. <laughs> they're going to be good for a long time to Don't come. Don't rebuild, they reload in yeah, Tampa. Oh, they're, they're a great hockey team. I would love to see the irony of Shea Weber spending the year on the LTIR and then yes. playing in the playoffs yes. next year. That, Definitely. to me, would be I had no. I would have no issues with <laughs> yeah, that yeah. either. <laughs> Throw his little buddy Ryan Suter in there on the minimum. and Why not? We're all know. on board there. Okay, I want to get two more in very quickly. You mentioned Mark Giordano earlier. Smoke or fire, the captain of the Flames will be a member of the Seattle Kraken next season. Whew. This one's tough. I, I think there's fire to that. Um, there's definitely, I think, Brad Treloving, as much as he wants, and everybody wants Mark Giordano to remain a Calgary Flame, including Mark Giordano. Uh, I just don't see how he's not left exposed based on what's on their list and, and their lack of re- true prospect pool coming up and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think uh, unless he Brad can come to some sort of agreement with Ron to... To keep him away from him, which I know that you know that's the direction they'd like to head. But if I was Ron, I wouldn't budge on any price that you want in order to not get him. That's such a great piece. Oh, you've got your character. You've got a former Norris Trophy winner. There's so many positives. I just wouldn't pass. And on. a trade chip. Just one more. Um, the Athletics' Jeremy Rutherford is suggesting that the list of trade destinations for Vladimir Tarasenko is eight teams deep, and the leading candidate. Where he wants to go is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, of course Shocker. he wants to. Of course, of course he, he wants, wants to go, go there. Yeah. It's pretty much impossible. I'd want to go there. Guess what? Put that on a list for yeah. me. I want yeah. to go there. It's too. pretty much impossible for them to make the salary cap work unless they do some shenanigans again. But do you think Tarasenko can? I guess smoke or fire. Smoke or fire. Tarasenko can return to the 30 goal scorer form of years past. Well, he's a pure shooter. I mean, there's no question. But I mean, if you talk to the people in St. Louis. Uh, you know, the keep quiet. I mean, he's had a history of injuries, and he's not the best teammate you're going to find either. So there's probably a reason with his combination of the great core of Russian players in Tampa that he'd find it. But I'd be really doing my homework on uh, on him as a teammate because that's such a big thing, chemistry, when you have one of your best players that doesn't always fit in necessarily with his work ethic and his practice work ethic. That's a big thing. But there's no question he can shoot it. Tough to set the culture when... Your, uh, your best player is doing that. Can you stick around for one more segment? Absolutely. Uh, are you contractually obligated to do that? I, I'll talk to I'll call Ken Reed and see if he, if he uh, he's giving a, me that statement. Are you a big catch-up guy? Never, that was never mind. We'll have a conversation. <laughs> After the break, we'll welcome Fa- Frank Saravelli into the fold. He had some juicy timbits today, including Frederick Anderson and where the Leafs may be looking in net. And could the Habs be in on Jack Eichel? Woo! Hot stove, heating up. We'll continue it next in Tim and Friends. So catch up. Tim and Friends, Tim McAuliffe, Mike Fuda, and our next guest, one of the best hockey insiders on planet Earth. He's crossed over from the dark side to dailyfaceoff.com, where he's the president of hockey content. And hopefully, after being drowned out by stadium ops in Tampa the last time we talked, he can actually hear us. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Saravelli. Frank, can you hear me? I'm sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm glad that you are in a controlled environment with the lovely Jofa Bucket behind you and tweeting into the show, I happen to like ketchup. Now, I don't know if you heard this, Futes, but before uh, we came, you came in here, Jesse and I were talking about ketchup. I said ketchup was for 12-year-olds to mask bad flavors. And it, it seemed, and I thought that I would have some backing from a guy named Frank Saravelli. Now, Frank, uh, I'm guessing Philly area, I don't know if you grew up with your nunna. Uh, I'm guessing there's a there's an Italian background there. 
Um, my Italian friends were the first ones to say, what are you doing with that ketchup in your hand? Well, look, there's only one rule in Philly when it comes to ketchup, and you don't put it on cheesesteaks. But other than that, <laughs> I mean, I may be an uncultured swine coming from Philly, but I put ketchup on just about everything. I consider it, Tim, the king of condiments. Oh, the king of condiments <laughs> from Saravelli. Oof. You know, is that so? Let me just say this. I, I People are acting like I don't like ketchup. I like ketchup. I just know its role. It's basically candy. It's not good for you, and you put it on stuff that's not all that great. Like, you don't put ketchup on steak, right? No, but you put ketchup on a burger, throw a little mayo on there, lettuce, tomato, American cheese. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I, I leave the ketchup off of the burger. I just go mayo. I'll go even ranch on a burger. Ooh. But, and I and I go ketchup on a hot dog, but I don't. Okay. But I don't. I don't act like any of that stuff is good. I, I mean, thought I, I, ketchup, Frank. I for me when I until I went to Europe, and then all of a sudden they they dip everything fries. in mayo on your yeah. fries. I was like, ketchup took a real step backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it went. You like found the, some culture, is that what you're I saying? I know. Man? I was like, what's going on here? But. All right, hot steaks to the hot stove, uh, and it's scorching right now. Uh, I'm not sure GMs like Mike Feuda agree with me, but Hyman, Eichel, Schmidt, Seth Jones, uh, Ekman Larson, Landis Cog, even Weber. Like, I think this is good for hockey. I think all of this talk has us talking hockey when we wouldn't be normally. But what do I know? What's the hottest topic in your mind right now? Which one of those, or you can go off the board and mention somebody else. Like, what's captured your interest the most right now? Um, where do I start? I mean, some of it's the guys that are going to be exposed in the expansion draft starting on Saturday night when teams uh, send in their protection list. Part of it is a name that you didn't mention, Tarasenko, uh, out of St. Louis. Part of it is the goaltending market, which I wrote a little bit about today. I mean, there's lots of facets to this. Uh, I think this is such a big offseason. I think this is the biggest offseason in NHL history, the juiciest for sure, in terms of all those things in play at the same time, really deep free agent class, players of impact available on the trade market, plus the expansion draft and the movement of players, redistribution of players that I think it's so significant. This is an NBA-style offseason that I think is actually going to have us talking well into August. Okay, so let's start with the goaltend. Let's start in net, and it feels like there's a domino situation. How much will the Leafs play into that domino situation? Well, it's always a game of musical chairs, and I think we saw a little bit of that last summer as well. And I think moving forward with the Toronto Maple Leafs, look, they've gone through the process now the last number of weeks like so many other teams have, and they've put a list together. And as I reported earlier today, um, one of the names that's risen to the top of that list is Darcy Kemper from the Arizona Coyotes. Now, he's become a primary target for the Leafs, and you could also say the same thing about the Colorado Avalanche in terms of their interest in Kemper from Arizona. Kemper's camp has made it clear, guys, to the Arizona Coyotes. He has one year left on his deal that he will not be signing an extension there. So it makes sense for a team that is going to have an internal budget for next season to rip the Band-Aid off and move on from Darcy Kemper. And in fact, to maybe even do it in rather short order, that way they could protect a guy like Aiden Hill heading into the expansion draft, another player that... Uh, they think can lead that team in goal moving forward. So the Kraken could be interested. Uh, Kemper is just one name on the list among goalies to consider. But given how well he's played the last number of seasons in Arizona, I think I understand why a team like Toronto would have interest. Yeah, Frank, we had Darcy in, in Los Angeles, and Bill Ranford just did a wonderful job with him. And 
My only thing with Toronto on that one is my thoughts. I've heard very much that Arizona wants a first-round pick included in any deal for Darcy, and, and, much, and Toronto is kind of a little short on those. And the other thing is if you've made a decision that Jack Campbell, you know, Jack's going to get a chance to be our guy. I think Darcy Kemper is a 1A all the way. Like I would think that a team like Carolina or Colorado, if you feel like if you're going to give this guy a shot, he's a legitimate character guy, big guy. He's a number one goalie. And I think while you're almost saying to Jack Campbell, you're back in, you're back in a different battle mode. Yeah. You're not, you're not for me. You're not bringing in Darcy Kemper in Toronto to back up Jack Campbell. Well, yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, especially given the assets that it's going to take to get him. And I think your point is well made about uh, the lack of those picks for the Maple Leafs to go around when you trade one to get a guy like Nick Foligno. Um, you know, that's, you know, significant opportunity cost in that case. And so um, with regards to, to Jack Campbell, I think, look, they're they're not down on Jack Campbell at all. And I think moving forward, they'd like to continue to give him an opportunity. But at the same time, you know, as they evaluate the goaltending market at large, and there's a number of other names that I had mentioned uh, in my piece, Linus Olmark, um, Junus Corpusalo, Marc-Andre Fleury, some other guys that are out there potentially. Um, you know, I think in this case, when what we've seen overall in the NHL is that you need two goalies, and sometimes you even need three. And so especially if you were to bring in a guy like Kemper, who's had a significant injury history in the past and has played a limited number of games the last two years, you want someone like a Jack Campbell that you know can carry the ball for you a while if need be. So, yes, uh, whoever comes in you know, may need to light that fire again in terms of Campbell you know, potentially having to prove himself, but I think that's probably fair and warranted. Uh, even though he played really well last season, they didn't ultimately get the end result that they wanted. Uh, Frank, I had uh, I understand that the Leafs Nation is kind of fixated on Zach Hyman, and as I was watching the playoffs, and I noticed all these big body defensemen doing real damage, and what Tampa did, I, I started looking at Morgan Riley and his future in Toronto. I know it's kind of a product of the market that they they exist in, where their name gets thrown out there. But does this feel like it's a really big off season for Kyle Dubis and this Leafs brass? Well, there's there's no question that it, it is a big offseason. It doesn't feel like a big offseason. It is because this team, for as well as they've played in the regular season and as many strides as they've making, made, they haven't gotten to the point yet that they want to in terms of achieving any sort of meaningful playoff success. And so until they do so, the heat's going to remain on. And in this case, that means taking you know potentially another swing at you know, I'm not, I don't think there's any sort of vast wholesale changes that are coming, but continuing to try and find ways to make this team better and be creative in doing so. And, you know, you mentioned Morgan Riley, and there seems to be, you know, whatever radio station I join, whether it's Fan 590 or whatever it is, there seems to be questions about Morgan Riley and his future. Is there any chance that they look at trading him? I don't think that's the case. And, in fact, I think the way things played out with Zach Hyman is sort of exactly the same way that things play out with Morgan Riley moving forward. You continue to evaluate as the season goes along. You know, he's probably playing at a level that's above uh, what he's being paid. You take advantage of that as long as you can. And then when you reach this point next summer, you see what kind of playoff success you've had. And if so, you try and find a, a contract that makes and makes sense for both sides. And if not, then you decide to cut bait and move on and, and thank Morgan Riley for his service. Uh, less than 30 seconds here, but is there a chance the Habs make a run at Jack Eichel? 
I do think so. Look, um, that additional salary cap flexibility that could potentially exist if Shea Weber is on the shelf for any sustained period of time, let alone an entire season, gives Mark Bergevin a whole new set of creative options. And you know that he's looking for different ideas to try to improve that Habs team. And down the middle, it's still that's I know the Habs are well set, but that's still what they're looking at. Yeah. And scoring down the middle, without a doubt. Uh, Frank, Mike, both of you really appreciate you doing this with us. My pleasure. Absolute pleasure. There's right. spicy ketchup, too, eh? You like spicy, spicy ketchup? ketchup? Yeah, no? I'll take spicy ketchup. I just think you're just masking flavors. Anyways, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Frank, Sarah, Valley, Philly. Uh, and here is Mike Fuda. When we come back, Donovan Bennett in studio, hour number two, Shai Davidi. Uh, are the Jays coming home? Did the Yankees screw it up? Are, this is clear as mud right now. We'll try and figure it all out with Shai Davidi, Donovan Bennett in our second hour. Tim and friends. And Sportsnet. And now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Back here, hour number two. Tim and friends on Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And, of course, want to welcome those who are watching the Calgary Stampede on Sportsnet Come on aboard. We'll get you covered for the next little while. Still to come, Donovan Bennett sits down with LeBron James. We'll have that for you within the hour. Shai Davidi in mere minutes to discuss the Jays and a potential return of American-based pro sports to Canada. Team still awaiting word from the federal government. Today, Canada's Deputy Chief uh, Public Health Officer, Dr. Howard New, talked about the Jays' proposal. Here's how that sounded. It's uh, trending in a very uh, good direction at this point. Uh, uh, we're looking at sort of, uh, you know, I would say uh, last details. But at, at this point, I would say uh, there aren't any showstoppers or anything that uh, we really uh, can't uh, sort of uh, continue to discuss and move forward on. So I, I can't give you a date in terms of uh, uh, when a possible decision would be made uh, for the NIE or national interest exemption. But I would say that uh, uh, in terms of the discussions from a public health perspective, they've been going very well. Everyone's making all their best possible efforts to to, to uh, uh, meet those those uh, those timelines. In essence, we recognize the uh, imperative for the Blue Jays to get a sort of a fair advance uh, sort of notice, uh, so that they can obviously uh, do their planning, uh, logistics, uh, you know, for the players, their families, and so on. So uh, I would say that uh, we recognize uh, what's uh, what's uh, what's in play, and uh, we're making our best possible efforts to uh, uh, to to uh, uh, render a decision in the in the right time frame that uh, would be. Uh, I would I think. Uh, how it's a, it's a good decision and a, and a, and a, and a well-received decision by all. Okay, so after Dr. New spoke, um, a developing story in Major League Baseball and in the Jays division. Tonight's Yankees-Red Sox game has been postponed due to a COVID-19 outbreak with the Yankees. Three confirmed positive cases with three more pending. Yankees GM Brian Cashman is unsure when Major League Baseball will make a decision on whether or not tomorrow's game will be played, saying it is up to the league at this point. The three confirmed po positive cases were all vaccinated. Plenty more on the Jay story coming up with Shai Davidi in mere moments. Meantime, TFC and CF Montreal both scheduled to play at home in front of limited fans this Saturday. Only vaccinated American players crossing the border or players based in America crossing the border for those games to hockey. And as the hot stove continues to heat up, 
We get some uh, firm deals today. Anthony Duclair has re-signed with the Florida Panthers. It is a three-year deal with an average annual value of $3 million. Duclair scored 10 goals, 43 games for the Panthers last season. Panthers also locked up Gustav Forsling. Three years at $2.66 million per season. Defenseman had 17 points in 43 games last year. The Flames have re-signed forward Brett Ritchie to a one-year deal worth $900,000. He played 32 games for the Flames last year, scoring four goals, adding four sips as a depth forward. Meanwhile, Open Championship 149th from Royal St. George's. Going to give you some highlights here, and it starts with Canadian Mackenzie Hughes playing in his first Open Championship. Long birdie putt. His third straight birdie moved him to three under par. Par four, 10th. Hughes, another birdie chance. Outside 20 feet. Boom goes the dynamite. Four under 64. Nice in the clubhouse. Par three, 16th. Jordan Spieth, four under. Looking to get to five. 2017 Open champ tied for second. Finished at five under after 65. Bryson DeChambeau chasing his second major title. Best finish at the Open. Tied for 51st because you're punished when you miss drives. Guess what? Missed a drive. Hit just four of 14 fairways, making five bogeys en route to a first round 71 one over par. After the round, DeChambeau, who plays a Cobra driver, had this to say about his equipment. Hey. If I can hit it down the middle of the fairway, that's great. But again, with the driver right now, the driver sucks. It's uh, not a good face for me, and we're still trying to figure out how to make it uh, good on the miss hits. And, uh, you know, I'm living on the razor's edge like I've told people for a long time. It's literally the physics and the, the way that they build heads now. It's not the right um, design, unfortunately. And we've been trying to fix it, and Cobra's been working their butt off to fix it, and uh, just we just haven't had any results yet. Good craftsman never blames his tools. However, a spokesperson from Cobra, he has never really been happy, ever. It's like very rare where he's happy. Now he's in a place where he's swinging a five-degree driver with 200 miles per hour of ball speed. Everybody's looking for a magic bullet. Well, the magic bullet becomes harder and harder to find. The faster you swing, the lower your loft gets. It's like an eight-year-old that gets mad at you. They might fly off the handle and say, I hate you. But then you go, whoa, no, you don't. All right. Afterwards, Bryson on the range, working on the driver. <laughs> Let's see how he... Sounds like a great relationship. Bryson and his manufacturer. As I've always said, good craftsman never blames his tools. Uh, Donovan Bennett's just walked in, and he looks incredulous at all this. <laughs> Meanwhile, Louis Oosthuizen, who was my pick to win this whole thing, great tee shot, one of six birdies, fired a 64. Lowest round ever at a major, and guess who your clubhouse leader is mm. after round one? They're done. It's later. Doesn't have to be clubhouse. Louis Oosthuizen, but it's a pretty good leaderboard. Justin Spieth, who was just happened to be my friend Jesse's pick to win this thing. One shot back, and uh, the Fratelli twins, or just Dylan, is tied for fourth with Mackenzie Hughes. Got it good, and since you understood, we got another withdrawal from the Olympics. This time, Vasek Pospisil has withdrawn, citing a shoulder injury. He joins Denis Shapovalov and Bianca Andreescu, who have already dropped out. That leaves Felix Auger-Aliassime as the only Canadian man representing Canada 
at the games. There are still three Canadian women on the team. All right, got it good and since you understood. Uh, my next guest is an old school friend of the show, but he's young. Trust me, mm. he's young. Fair and as such, the old school friends get to determine how long they stay or I just beg them to stick around longer to lighten the workload. More of the latter with this guy, Donovan Bennett. He joins me now. Thank you very much, Donovan, for lightening the workload. Yeah, no worries. A um, couple things. Can you spell incredulous? Uh, probably not. I mean, not a very good spell. It's I like, use, a, it's like I, how it sounds. I use a lot of words that I can't spell. Okay. I know the meaning. I just, I, I horrible speller. You yeah. look like you can spell it, though. With, with, this, uh, with this jacket yeah. right now, it is very professorial. Uh, was can't that, spell that either. Is it just me? And I, I, I would say I was more aghast than incredulous. Yes. Is this me? Was that an official statement? No. <laughs> that was a representative speaking. Actually, it was... Someone who caddies the tour manager operations for Cobra, and he caddied for Bryson DeChambeau two weeks ago because Bryson split with his other caddy. So there's some stuff going on between Bryson and Cobra, no doubt. Well, there's, but just, there's just something going on with Bryson. I get, ma I get mad at my driver well, all the time. I blame the yeah, manufacturer but, all the time. That hack <laughs> was what's going on with Bryson. I think that's the main issue if you want to have an issue I, with Puma I used to rock one of those like 10 years ago. In a professional setting? <laughs> no, well. Th th that statement is something that you send in the WhatsApp group, not you send publicly to be read at the top of the hour by Tim Califf. Yeah, I don't think that was supposed to be seen. I have a strong feeling that was. So, how did they get? I, I honestly, I haven't been paying attention because I was doing other things today. I have no idea. Was that tweeted out? Where did it come from? Does anyone know where we got that from? Right, yeah, writers got a hold of it. The golf, golf So, Twitter. someone talked to yeah, the guy. Golf Twitter got a oh, hold of it man. and put it out there. Golf beef. Golf Let's beef. Go. It's always Bryson. A new thing, I'm telling you. It's always Bryson. Brooks, now he's with his own manufacturer. It's rough. It's a rough look. I just uh -oh. think that's him, right? Like, yeah. we've known for kind of years that this is a bit of a different dude, and now we're seeing how that manifests itself. Like, but I don't know if I've ever heard a professional go to the podium and just rip his manufacturer. I remember Tiger, Tiger had a problem with the Nike irons yeah. back in the day. And that became a thing. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever heard anyone just like go to the podium and go, my driver sucks. Not not the guy driving the ball, but, but my driver. Yeah, not not even just that. I don't think like they're holding his family members ransom and saying you have to use these clubs. They are paying him a nice <laughs> amount of money to use those clubs. And, and then he said that in front of live microphones. And apparently going back and forth with the manufacturer yeah. on how to yeah. build it. That's crazy. I, I mean, we've it. seen guys like look at their sticks when they break in hockey. Like he's just very he's just very different. He's a very different guy. He's a one of one on the PGA Tour. Like they're all very fickle, yeah. but he is to the uh, nth degree. That if might something's be a, off. That might be a massive. That's his, that's his reputation. That might be a massive. There's a reason he goes to the range in the dark and he's the only one there. A massive understatement is what I'm saying. Yeah, it yeah, might be a massive yeah. understatement. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yesterday we felt like we were in the ringer as news was breaking just before during the show about a possible return of american-based pro sports to canada it looked good it didn't look good the mls was playing hold up hey now the yankees uh, here to help us out as it pertains to the jays is shy davidi of sportsnet welcome back um no need to be shy you're among friends you can just tell us do you have any idea what the hell is going on here? Because right now, to me, it's kind of clear as mud. And I get it. I understand it. But it's, it feels clear as mud. 
Well, guys, before we get started, I just want to say if you've had any issues with some of my stories recently, I've been having a lot of trouble with my word processing program. <laughs> it's just really, really a crappy program. And it just, I can't type straight. I can't keep. So just wanted to get that off, the, off my chest Very before strong. we get started. Do you want to name the uh, word yeah, processing program it? and see if we'll get well, a response? you know what? You know, like we're having some conversations. We're trying to work through them. So I want to give them a chance. What's I'm not your going to throw them on right just yet. What? <laughs> Um, uh, all right, uh, to <laughs> the Blue Jays. Uh, do I know? I don't know. Like, does anybody know? Like, you know, it's interesting. So I, I talked to, uh, at the news conference today, Dr. Howard New, the deputy chief public health officer. And I mean, he says it's trending the right direction. And I said, okay, well, what, what do you need to get across the, the, the finish line? Specifically, what do you need? And he said, I can't get into that. So, I don't know. You know, like I think the Blue Jays are, uh, you know, are experiencing a bit of an emotional roller coaster right now. Waiting, they desperately want to get back here for July 30th. That's a really important homestand for them. You know, it's a 10 gamer, one eighth of their home season. This is crunch time. Uh, they've got uh, a series against the Red Sox within those 10 games, and obviously they're try in a period of time where. You know, this is if they're going to catch Boston, this is the time to do it. They've got 10 games against Boston over the next three weeks, so. You know, they would love to have that at home and not be at Buffalo. And then in terms of trying to handicap this thing, I mean, I I, I don't think anybody really knows. It doesn't even sound like the federal government has, uh, you know, has a final decision. But I did think it was interesting to to hear Dr. New makes, uh, you know, a substantial comment to say it's trending in the right direction and it's saying there are no major showstoppers that they have to work through at this point. You know, that certainly sounds quite positive, at least for August 20th, if not for July 30th. Uh, and intergovernmental uh, intergovernmental minister uh, Dominic LeBlanc was on the call too, and, and he said he was very encouraged by Dr. News' comments. So, you know, I think from the federal side, if, you know, if, if from the, at least from the government side, if they're hearing public health talking in that fashion, that's certainly going to bode well in terms of their own decision. I guess my question, while I ask you another question that you probably won't be able to answer, is what's fundamentally going to change? Like, if they're waiting for all major league clubs to be 85% vaccinated, that might not happen between now and the it's end of the happen. regular season, right? So that's not changing. And most of the the players are tested in, in, at a higher vaccination rate than the people walking around in our country every day in, in some provinces right. that and are wide lower, open. And a lower positivity rate. And too. a lower positivity rate. So what fundamentally is going to change between this week and next week and September and October that would move the needle? Do, do you have any guess as to what that could be? I, I'm, I'm going to guess, and, and I don't... I'm not going to pretend that I'm a political expert by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is meeting with the premiers tonight and they're going to be discussing, you know, the border and the issues related to that. And maybe this is part of, uh, you know, setting it up for the next stage. And, you know, maybe the, the border is going to be uh, the restrictions at the border are going to be further eased at a date between July 30th and August 20th, which would maybe at that point uh, create a bit of a pathway and maybe uh, eliminate the need for a national interest exemption. So uh, that's just me completely spitballing. I don't know. But, you know, the and, and you know the, the Blue Jays have said this, Dr. New confirmed this, you know, the, they've taken the recommendations from public health and they've implemented them into their proposal. You know, the Blue Jays, whatever, whatever they've wanted, the Blue Jays have done. So at this point, if, if the concerns have been satisfied and all those things have been met, I, I'm not sure what gets it across the finish line. 
Uh, and again, that's a question that I asked uh, a couple times and couldn't get an answer to today or specific answer to. Uh, but whatever it is, it doesn't really sound like much. It sounds like, you know, this is, you know, at the two or one yard line. And uh, I, I'm not sure who, who gets it across the goal line. I, I do. I do understand that for public health, uh, the goalposts move. And, and that's a reality that they deal with based on positivity rates, based on COVID rates, based on a lot of different things, uh, vaccination rates. The one thing I wonder is, and I was saying this a couple months ago on this show, and no one really wanted to listen to it, but once uh, COVID restrictions were relaxed a little bit and people were double-vaxxed, we're going to have this uh, positivity where double-vaxxed give it to unvaxxed and unvaxxed and double-vaxxed are in the same locker room and lo and behold the new york yankees have seemingly three positives as we speak right now three more that are uh undetermined as of yet do you think this yankee situation could change uh the vax rates in major league baseball um that's a tough one you know because it seems that the you know every everybody who's wanted to do it has done it right and that the the people who haven't done it seem like they're pretty dug in on it and uh, it was interesting i was at, at the all-star week i was at the bbwa meeting where both uh, union head tony clark and commissioner rob manford was there uh and you know both of them were asked about that you know tony clark said you know we are encouraging our players but we're not going to push them we're going to give them the information and let them make their own decision as is their right. And then Commissioner Rob Manfred was asked, you know, would he mandate that players be vaccinated as part of the upcoming or the current CBA talks as part of the next CBA agreement? And, you know, he he didn't really answer that either. And I think this is a really sensitive issue in the United States where, you know, whether or not you get a vaccine has become very highly politicized. So, you know, to to, to be frank, I, I think that the people or the players who have at this point decided that not to get the vaccine, uh, they're going to be pretty committed to that point of view. Uh, one, one more add-on to that, and the reason why I kind of ask it is because um, MLS, Major League Soccer, has basically said that unvaccinated players will be staying at home. And I wonder if the Jays are going to need that same sort of buy-in from Major League Baseball and the Players Union, and it sounds like they wouldn't give that kind of buy-in. And it's a little I know it's apples and oranges because you have time between games and you could have three starting pitchers who are unvaxxed and, and they're coming to Canada. Like, you'd be in deep caca. Right. I mean, and, you know, that's for both teams, right? You know, the Blue Jays could have some players who are important to the club and, you know, they're, they're probably not going to want to play their season without them. So, you know, this one's difficult, but, you know, the Blue Jays are facing it right now. Obviously, the, the MLS teams are as well. But unless this is resolved in some sort of meaningful way, I mean, this is going to be an issue for the NHLers unless, you know, the NHL is going to be 100% vaccinated. It's going to be an issue for the N for the NBA and the Raptors uh, unless everybody there is vaccinated. So this isn't a problem that's going to be unique to baseball, unique to the Blue Jays. They're just the ones who are first up and dealing with it. So it's really complicated. I think if ultimately the decision from public health is, you know, either we believe in the 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 number of vax players that are vaccinated and the strength of the vaccine against you know the 
in combination with the testing against the players who were unvaccinated uh, and being able to isolate vaccinated player or a positive case uh, if need be uh, and, you know, trying to find a way around that. Or you're saying, okay, no professional sports teams in the way that we, we've known them uh, here for the foreseeable future. Uh, in the last 30 minutes, Marley Rivera tweeted out that Rafael Devers just told me he was asked not to do interviews pregame because one of the Yankees who went to the All-Star game tested positive. Devers said that he's going to go under undergo testing this afternoon. That's, that's pregame. Yeah. And with the reports that Aaron Judge is one of those players who's obviously had the All-Star game and in close contact with a lot of very important players on teams across not just the American League but uh, the league in general, what potentially, I wonder, immediately is going to be the ripple effect of that? Well, there's going to be a lot of contact tracing for a lot of players. I mean, you would think that there's going to be some contact tracing for uh, if that, if that uh, does turn out that, you know, he is indeed positive, that he, there's going to be contact tracing for everyone in that American League clubhouse, you would think. And, uh, you know, this was sort of... You know, it was described. I was talking to one official in Denver. I was saying, you know, this is a bit of a test case for us that you know we run an all-star game and we can do it as normal and everything works out. Then you know we can we can go back to bigger events in a more normal way. And you know, maybe this is a bit of a reality check in terms of how that was conducted, uh, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard this, but apparently there's no more COVID in Colorado. So <laughs> at least that was uh, that's the way people are conducting themselves there. So it, it, you know, I do think this could be a bit of a wake up call, and it could you know change some of the some of the approaches that have or some of the loosenings that have been having uh, that have been happening around baseball. But you know. Complacency is a big issue for everybody here, right? Like, yeah. we, yes, we've got vaccines, and you know, we're here in Ontario. We're moving in a, in a great direction, but you know, we can't we can't get lazy with this, right? Because it'll come back and bite you in the butt in a, in a pretty meaningful way. So, um, you know, I think this is certainly something baseball needs to pay attention to, but for everybody as well. Uh, Shy, we've run out of time. I think we could go on for a little while with this, but we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. No problem. Take care, fellas. Have a good one. Uh, there is Shai Davidi who came in strong and finished strong. Am, am yeah. I the only one that, despite his word processor, yeah, despite able his, to overcome that? As well. Am I the only one that's kind of shocked that this was pregame that Devers was told that a Yankee had tested positive, and then the Yankees were playing in that, and maybe the Yankee was taken out of the game. Judge played, but. Judge is one of the lists, maybe one of the other two. Maybe my math isn't correct here, and I'm just moving on the fly here. But if it was indeed pregame and he already knew, then they played the game and let – oh, pregame today. I see. I see. That's uh, So pregame for today's game, Devers said that, she, that he was asked not to do pregame interviews for today's game. I, that makes way more sense to me. Yeah, so we we had it up uh, briefly there, Pete Abraham's tweet. So he was responding to Marley Rivera's tweet who said, um, one of the Yankees All-Stars has tested positive for COVID, and Pete saying that multiple sources have told me Aaron Judge is the player involved, which would suggest that he is the one that tested positive for COVID. We don't know that for sure, but that seems to imply that. Uh, five Red Sox All-Stars were told to take social distancing and precautions until the situation. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be comfortable uh, saying the name 
unless it had something to do with tying everyone at the All-Star game together. And I think that we're going to go through a lot of contact yeah. tracing over the next little while. 100%. And I can only imagine, I, poor, well, they're not poor, so I'm, I'm not going to feel too bad for them, but poor Mike Shapiro and Ross Atkins, who are trying to get this over the line in Canada, oh, in Toronto. Doubt, this will affect, They've got yeah. multiple you know, Slack groups talking about this. And then, oh, right, four of your best players, uh, arguably, now potentially, you may not have access to them. And, and hopefully, you know, that's the worst part of it. And they're not actually yeah. uh, testing positive themselves. So lots to juggle. Oh, by the way, and you just finished the draft and are heading into the trade deadline. Not needing pieces. And yes, yeah. there is a lot to tackle. And I think Major League Baseball, who relaxed the testing on double vaxxed players, may have to bring the testing back. For double vax players. All right, Jesse, you got one more thing. One more, We're one really more quickly. Late. One more quickly. Uh, Andy Martino says that Alex Cora says he's worried about his team's five All Stars in light of the Yankees outbreak. Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Yavaldi, Matt Barnes, not all are vaccinated. Hmm. They potentially all exposed. So right. So we're gonna have to go through this for a little while and sort through uh, a lot of tests. All right. What a game four in the NBA Finals last night. We will discuss the officiating, the block. And maybe some England messy footy conversation. Do we have to? No, we don't have to. I mean, you were here for Messi. I was. And, uh, fraud. People still mad at me for some reason. Tim and friends, truly Donovan Bennett is in studio uh, earlier today on the show. Actually, we had a clip from when Arash Madani was in. And I said, ketchup was for 12-year-olds. And we tweeted out oh, this ketchup is for 12-year-olds take. And everyone's really mad at me. What? Ketchup is for 12-year-olds because it just masks the taste of bland, boring food. What? <laughs> what? So I got, I'm taking you disagree. So, so, I was going to so, get somewhere so else on this. burgers are bland and boring? Sausages are bland and boring? Fries? With the right amount of salt is bland and boring. Do you eat fries without ketchup? I can. I choose not to. Right. Because I like the finest things in life. <laughs> Wait a second. Ketchup is the finest things in life? When made properly. When made I would, properly. I would drop some, okay. some names, but I'm not really sure where sales is at at the moment. <laughs> okay. I'm securing some deals. Let me, let me ask you this. Name the great culinary countries of the world. France. Do they Jamaica. Use, do they use ketchup? On French fries, they do. <laughs> no, they don't. Freedom fries, if you will. No, they don't. They use mayo <laughs> on fries in France. Italians, great culinary background, love the tomato. Whoa, love whoa, the whoa, tomato. Whoa. You, you shouldn't Put have gone there, Put it on sauce. You shouldn't have gone there what? because... Marinara is like a second cousin to ketchup. Oh, like they're my related. God. They know each oh, other. My they go God. back a ways. And, and barbecue just Scoo- sauce just lives down the Scoo- street. Scoozy. I can't stand with you if you say that marinara is a cousin of ketchup. Going for another tinkle. Do, do, oh, you, want, oh do you want to just Google the ingredients? Uh, Numbers yeah. lie. But, facts don't. There, I know for a fact that you can you. I know that you grew up. I've met some of your Italian friends. Yeah. Can you just text one of them right now and tell them what you said? Sure. I'll text the group. Okay. Thank you. And then we'll just we'll let we're not, we're not really on speaking terms right now because of the Euro Cup, but sure we'll break the ice. <laughs> that's that's true too. 
Italians love the tomato. And if you go to an Italian household and say, where's the ketchup? Or I guess not Frank Saravelli's Italian household, but many Italian households, they will look at you like you have a third eye. This is where I first got the take on was from my Maltese side and all of my Italian friends who love the tomato and said, what are you doing with this ketchup stuff? So, so you're trying to tell me you don't have ketchup in your house? No, I'm I, I sorry. I I don't mind ketchup. I actually like ketchup. I just use it. Do you put ketchup on steak? So why are you, why are you do you put ketchup on steak? No. No, because you'd ruin the taste of steak. And no, ketchup you use. Ketchup has a role, and it's a star in its role. And steak is not right. part of that. Right. And, that and, and what I'm but saying. Do you shame, no, no, but what do I'm you saying. Do people who, who put uh, barbecue saying, sauce on, on their steak? What I'm saying is, is that ketchup is meant to mask the flavor. Oh, I'm getting texts right now. Uh, <laughs> people are mad. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so the, someone's telling me I'm right, so I'm not going to say it on air because I don't need to say it. That I'm, I'm just saying it's, it masks it masks the flavor of bland. Like a hot so, dog. No, no. You there's put ketchup things, on a hot no, dog no, because, a couple... it's li- because it's lips and asses, right? Like, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. What, you don't like an Italian sausage? Speaking of you don't Italian. Put ke- you don't put ketchup on an Italian sausage. Don't tell me what I do. I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. So he- here's the thing, and I think we're, we're talking about two different things. There are people. Fraud. Who- <laughs> there are people who happen to make bland food. Right. And thus they maybe put ketchup on bland food. Sriracha. But don't disrespect ketchup because ketchup is being misused because ketchup is a multiple tool player and it helps people out in bad situations because ketchup has a no. role and it's a star in its role. But I think we're I think we're agreeing on that. And it's like when my kids won't eat their eggs, I put a little ketchup on the side and then they'll eat their eggs. It's like candy. And what's happened here is that you grew up in that era and you're still addicted to the crack. No, okay. okay? There's there's people who put ketchup on rice, right? Like we're not talking yeah. about those people. Yeah. But I'll ha- yeah, yeah, though that's the thing. That's Yeah. That's See that like, but I am that's in, what I'm invest but, in some soy sauce. But that's people. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Very salty. Very tasty. Mm-hmm. What you're going to diss soy? You want to talk about no, some soy no, sauce? No, you want to diss soy sauce? No. Or I was about to say. No. However, I'm already taking it on the and, ketchup. And, and I have no shame in in my game and at me two ends in the first name. I put ketchup on the side of some scrambled eggs. Yes, I do. I don't feel any type of way about it. I, I know. It's just a, it's it's a childish thing to do. So if you didn't have if you didn't have children in your house, you would not have no, ketchup no, I, in your I, fridge I said, or pantry I, if I get, or cold room. If I get crappy fries, I will put ketchup on them. If I eat a hot dog, I will put ketchup on the hot dog. If I want my kids to eat stuff, I will put ketchup on the side. But that's what about, about okay, it. A, a burger? Hello. Yeah, burger. I'm, I'm lettuce, tomato, mayo. Oh, that's disgusting. What? No ketchup on a burger. What? This you're you're the same dude that rolls through Tim Hortons, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a fruit punch and twelve apperfritter Timbits. They, they discontinued the fruit punch. I was very upset about it. <laughs> okay, so you're no color. Alex Sixero, chicken fingers and ketchup remains a delicious combination. So I guess that makes me a twelve year old. Yeah, I said it. Yes, wait, 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 if wait. you're eating chicken fingers at 40, you're kind of a child. Wait, wait that is to get children to eat chicken. That is what no, it is. No. There's some gourmet chicken fingers out there. <laughs> yeah. And would you put ketchup on them? I would not. No, no just, that's, my just, honey, that's my point. That's my point. That's all I'm trying to say. 
But that doesn't mean that ketchup doesn't have value. That ketchup doesn't deserve respect. <laughs> it has a pretty high war rating. It's yeah. certainly that's yeah. great. It certainly it's does. It's got a good five war. Five to a player. Five to a player. Uh, my former boss and uh, member of the production team here, George Katakis, says I loved him, but this ketchup take is trash. It is, man. From a Greek guy. My God, <laughs> where where are my Greeks and my Italians gone here? Like that. This is unbelievable. You know, you would have the restaurant where it's like no no does substitutions he, to this menu, and he, there'd be no, three no, people I, in it. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying that. You do what you want. I'm Evidently just, not. This is what that was. I was asked about ketchup, and I said it was for twelve-year-olds. And I am backing up my statement. And that's all I'm doing. I don't hate. Go ahead, be a twelve-year-old. After the break, Donovan sits down with the king, LeBron James. Did you ask him about ketchup? By I any didn't. Chance? I wish I, I, I wish I would have. <laughs> I wish ketchup I was striving for greatness. That's what ketchup is doing. I wish I would. Uh, there's a movie coming out. You may have heard of it. Donovan Bennett, LeBron James. We do it next in Tim and Friends. I'm sorry, man. I just I'm not that big a ketchup dude. This is great. <laughs> My God, the entire commercial break. Ketchup. The Twitter machine lighting up. Ketchup. Can we put this in the back burner because you talk to LeBron James, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, talk to LeBron. I'll get to these. What, the tweets? Yeah. You want to do them later? No, yeah, we'll do them later. All right. I talked to LeBron James. It's funny enough. LBJ. Off camera. The told, king. Told me loves ketchup. True story. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, he's got a new movie coming out, Space Jam, A New Legacy. The title pretty much makes sense because he's working in his own legacy as an entertainer in Hollywood and in the feature shows you about the legacy of so many cool Warner Brothers characters that I actually forgot about. And it was cool to reminisce about them with him himself, the king, LeBron James. What in the Matrix hell? Welcome to the I'm a cartoon? <gasps> What's up, Doc? What's your relationship with the franchise? Do you remember watching the original film or even watching the cartoon characters when you were coming up as a kid? Well, absolutely. Uh, how could you not? I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up watching Bugs, Taz, Sylvester, and his battles along with, with Tweety, you know, the Roll Runner dealing with the coyote and the coyote not being able to ever catch the road runner. That was part of my childhood. So to be a part of their family, as loony as their family is, uh, you know, it, it was an honor for me. Hey. What'd you do to my son? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. You want to play me in basketball? You got to win this game. Let's end this. Got you, Ron. And get our son back. Fatherhood is a theme in the film, and you've been a very visible father. Why make that conscious choice? For me, um, you know, I, I grew up in a single-parent household uh, with just me and my mom. Um, so I, I already knew it when I grew up that, you know, if I had kids, um, I was blessed to have kids, um, fatherhood was going to be at the top of the list. Um, being present. Uh, being around, being receptive, listening, learning, to be able to bring some of those life lessons that I've had and those morals that I had into this film, where we talk a lot about fatherhood and a lot about you know being present, but also now having to listen where your kids get a certain age and they have aspirations of their own. So Malcolm Lee 
uh, the great director, a friend of mine. He did a great job of being able to capture those moments in this film, and it was just an honor to be a part of it. You've been really complimentary of Canadian sports fans and their intensity. What are you expecting from Canadian film fans? Oh, the same thing. I see the fans in a, in a Jurassic Park when the Raptors are doing their thing in the, in the playoffs or in the finals. I hope I get that same, uh, <laughs> that same excitement for Space Jam, A New Legacy, when they see the movie. But I've always had respect for Canada, and obviously my ties to Toronto with my brother Drake. You know, hopefully this film brings a lot of laughs and joy and excitement and passion uh, to everyone in, in Canada. You mentioned your brother Drake, he's done some acting. Your other brother, Michael B. Jordan, has done some acting. Did they holler and try to give you some tips as you're now a leading man? Absolutely. You know, they just told me just to, you know, have fun with the process. Uh, the hours are gonna be long and they're gonna be different than anything you've ever done, but enjoy it. Um, you know, cause the, the finished product is gonna be something that you can never imagine or dream about. So. Uh, just enjoy it and give yourself to it. His appearance on the biggest stage has become routine. When all is said and done, this four-time champion takes a backseat to no one. So Space Jam Legacy is the title, and you have a family legacy, but you also are creating a legacy as an athlete, as an activist, as an entrepreneur, and as an entertainer. What do you want your legacy to be at the end of the day? Well, I just want to be respected. I want to continue to inspire the youth I want to continue to give back to my communities and communities all over the world. And at the end of the day, I want people to speak for me, you know, and my loved ones and, and the people that I inspired along the way and tell people who I was and what I did. So while I'm here on this planet, I will continue to, um, you know, to do things that's, you know, for the greater of good. I need to assemble an elite team to help give my son back. I know what you're looking for, a dream team. Welcome to the Space Jam. Thank you for continuing the legacy. I got to watch the original one with my dad, and now I got to watch this one with my son. And you don't often see the story of black fatherhood and legacy in film, so I appreciate you, thank you, and good luck with it. Oh, man, Donovan, I, I really appreciate that, man. It means a lot. And uh, thanks for talking uh, with me and speaking to me, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, see you soon. Awesome, and a uh, few of the voices from Looney Tunes. Yes. Canadian. Yes, yes. Arrow Ute. Um, exactly. Not many people got that, so congrats. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, it seems as though from watching that, there there is more to LeBron James and what he wants to do long term than all of the things that he's already tackling as the best player on planet Earth. Yeah, 100%. Like me, me, I would like I'd be off on vacation when all of this is done <laughs> yes. and just soak up and live that life. But it seems like he's got so much on the plate. Yeah, and we often compare him to the other guy who was in Space Jam, Michael Jordan. But yeah. I think the more apt 10, 15, 20 years, the more comparisons that we'll be making will be closer to Ali, right, in terms of cultural relevance. And I think he's trying to do that through entertainment. You see, I talked about the fatherhood piece and in, in mm -hmm. him showing you know leadership in that way but the other thing that i really loved about this film was some of his co-stars were female athletes right yeah NECA and diana tarasi not just star nba players so even in subtle ways he's finding to lift uh, women up zendaya was the co-star and obviously lola bunny uh was the second best player on the team and so he's so calculated in, in everything that he does and i think 
you know, you accrue those wins over time. They have interest, and I think his legacy is going to be so much bigger than what he does on the basketball floor. I remember I had this long debate. Alvin Williams and I were in Halifax covering the CIS, and I was like, I would just bounce. He's like, some people aren't made that way, right. Tim. Yes. LeBron, I've taught, he's not that guy. He wants to make an impact in so many ways. And I was like, it took me a while. And I was like, yeah, I'm st- I, I see it. And when I watched you talk to him, it was just light that up again because it's not like he's just going to walk off into the sunset. He wants to do so much more. Uh, we'll do so much more. Coming up next, last call might be hijacked by ketchup takes from across Canada. Apparently, it's now trending in Canada. Ketchup. Confirmed. What have we done? What have we done? Tim and friends, Tim McAuliffe, Donovan Bennett, and last call goes to one Jesse Rubinoff. Timmy, each. Yes. Obviously, ketchup, the topic of the day. I'm Lots sorry. of takes continuing to roll in. We are currently trending, or not we, but ketchup. Trending 17 on Twitter <laughs> right. in Canada. So well done, fellas. Uh, if we put the argument on hold for just a sec, though, uh, we may have actually learned something today, and that is okay. the proper way of opening a ketchup packet. Oh, okay. Thank you, TikTok. Okay. When Morgan was little and we would go through the drive through um, we taught her to take the ketchup packet and tear it down Whoa. this way. Okay, and then when you open the packet, oh. she could dip her fries right oh. in there. Oh. Look at that. You want to try it? I don't know if I could do it under pressure. No, I, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to do it. That's a. That's pretty good. That's, I, 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 you I have one. I have one here. Oh. But, um, can you just check this? Like it is. The most jammed ketchup packet oh, ever. <laughs> not doing. <laughs> what is the expiry? That's not eight milliliters. <laughs> like, hey, it's like in a pop. I'm not. I'm. Yeah, I'm no, scared. Don't do. Are you? Are you doing it? No, I'm not doing it. Do it. Oh my god. Go 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 go. Oh my god. It, it was just like it was just like the TikTok. Wow. Wow, that's very impressive. Hey, uh, if anything, if anyone knows anything about Uncle Timmy, is feet of gold or yeah. feet of lead, but hands of gold. That baby. is very impressive. <laughs> Now you can have this because I don't want it. Well done. You definitely don't want it. Definitely not. Uh, a couple tweets. Why not? Because it's 17 in Canada. Yes. So we might as well just. I am sorry. Give some to the people. Uh, Zach says, Tim, don't ever touch ketchup ever again. We don't need ketchup haters like you taking up the supply from the rest of us. Yeah, apparently there is a, a shortage of ketchup. Did you see this? I did not know that. Yeah, okay, a pandemic so, caused so, a shortage. Right, So, but is it a demand issue? It's because people just love, like everyone, their inner 12-year-old, they just want to have ketchup all the time. Is that why there's a, a shortage? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. I do know there are some health problems in the ketchup capital of Canada, right? Uh, which may have caused the shortage as well. But that makes who sense. am I that grows them sugar? Uh, Jeff writes in and says, serving at a restaurant in Banff last summer to be horrified in seeing people put ketchup on Caesar salad. That that's doesn't disgusting. make sense. What are we doing? That's, no, that's bad. That's, that's disgusting. Like, what are we doing? But also not ketchup's fault. Okay. I'll agree with you on that. Thank we, you. we can agree on that. No, that one's really bad. I'm stunned by that. Uh, Chris writes in and says, uh, my six-year-old finds ketchup immature. (laughs) (laughs) You wonder why Timmy's giving that one horns, You know why I pulled that one. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Gerben says, if Tim eats ketchup on hot dogs and crappy fries, doesn't that make him a 12-year-old himself? Yeah, I could. I I just, what I'm saying is I'm not fooling myself. Mm. 
I know what it is. I know its role. And the war is not high on ketchup. Oh, disagree. Uh, how, how many condiments in your fridge would you get rid of before you got rid of ketchup? Uh, here, here's one that my Italian friends are going to uh, gag on a spoon about, Jesse. Nice. Mel writes in and says, as an Italian, ketchup is the adopted stepbrother to Italian sauce. But I know, Donovan, I asked you oh. to reach out to your Italian friends. What was the answer on your Italian friends and ketchup? I mean, we're not on speaking terms after Euro, but... Uh, DJ's an England fan. He's got a lot of Italian fan friends, yeah. Never mind ketchup. Italians don't even use marinara, which I, <laughs> is also not true. Yes. Not true. Very, very good. Wow, That's very good. That's a win for Timmy. That is a no, win for Timmy. You put that phone away real quick. <laughs> Arancini balls, of course you're using marinara. Don't lie to yourself. Arancini. Uh, ketchup is for whoever the bleep <laughs> wants it. Also, nothing wrong with drinking ketchup packs. That's disgusting. Come on, That's man. Disgusting. See, this, 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 You're is, not helping. this is who's You're on not your helping. side. You're this not is who's helping. on your side. Nick writes in and says, I just turned off the TV and turned on the TV, excuse me, and saw you talking ketchup, Tim. You're way off. Way off. I'm with you about the hamburger. Mayo, lettuce, tomato. Don't need ketchup there. But stop sullying the relationship ketchup has with the adult world. <laughs> Hashtag mac and cheese. That's a well-crafted tweet. Where a lot of time and effort into that. Sullying. Ketchup is a stock part of the hamburger. Like, you have to tell them to take it off. It's not. Because by default, they put it on. It's not. It is at certain places. I don't know if it is. Okay. Um, are you guys done with the ketchup takes for now? Yes. Okay. Because I, I I wonder if Saquon Barkley eats ketchup or likes ketchup. Because <laughs> we got to take a look this is crazy. at his legs. This okay? is crazy. <laughs> yeah, Posted this workout photo on his Twitter yesterday. He's continuing to work his way back from injury. And, I mean, this is what is that? Deej. It's a mountain range. I'm looking at the Andes Mountains in his calf. That's topography. Like, how did he have an injury when you're he, built like that is the question. He has too many muscles. They can't even work in concert. He has a calf on top of his calf. He has a quad on top of his quad. Yeah, the quad and hammy combination here. Like, I would love to see normal objects put beside his thigh to show yes. just, like, it is absolutely ridiculous how big his quad is. That's the biggest leg I've ever seen on an athlete. That took, like, a whole bottle of cocoa butter lotion to lotion <laughs> that leg is what that is. To, to keep it uh, hydrated? Yes. Can't, can't have muscles that big and let them be dry? Can't. Uh, see, the beauty of this, though, DJ, is that we can disagree on ketchup, but we can still be friends, okay? okay. Unlike the rest of 2021, where mm -hmm. everyone seems to yell and scream at each other, I still offer my hand in friendship. Appreciate it. All right. Donovan Bennett, Jesse Rubinoff, ketchup sucks. Ketchup forever. <laughs>